everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading Genesis 8. And the big question is, how did Noah fit all of the animals on the ark? Growing up, I hated math. I actually, I had to go to this thing called Kumon so I could practice math in addition to the homework my teachers were already giving me. And while I made it through grade school and college, I'm still not great at math, so I had our Watermark Institute student, Sagan, do some research on this whole Noah's Ark question. Needless to say, today's question requires us to do some math, and I'm glad I had Sagan's help. Who would have thought that studying the Bible would require us to do math? That said, based off Sagan's research, an article from Got Questions really helped her pull off the relevant scriptures and equations. I'm laughing saying that. Scriptures and equations. So how did all the animals fit on the ark? First and foremost, we are given all the information we need to answer the basics of this question in Genesis 6 through 8. In Genesis 6, we see the measurements are given to us and basically the information that would be essentially blueprints of this boat, which I'm realizing would be something more like a gigantic cruise ship. Because we're not talking about a generic fishing boat. We're talking about a three-story boat here, people. That's Genesis 6, 16. To better understand this, we've got to figure out what measurements are given in the scriptures and then translate them to units we can understand or convert them, maybe would be the technical term. So Genesis 6, 15 says the ark was 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and then 30 cubits high in feet— That would be 550 feet long by 91.7 feet wide and 55 feet high, which is one and a half football fields long-ish, three stretch limos wide, and a five-story apartment building tall. One and a half football fields long, three stretch limos wide, and a five-story apartment building tall. 550 feet long, 91.7 feet wide, and 55 feet high. Long story short, this would not be actually an insane slash unfeasible or impossible thing to be built. There are plenty of studies and research that have been explicitly done on Noah's Ark alone, which have easily actually invalidated the vast majority of anti-Ark arguments that have been raised. But at the root of all our unanswered questions, we might find ourselves with more questions. And there's an element there to who God is and the things he does that require faith. It's okay to want more information or facts, but at the end of the day, faith is faith for a reason. That said, there's a lot of factual information we can learn when it comes to our concerns regarding this passage. How do we know our measurements are right? Do we actually know just how big the ark was? Well, The Got Questions website teaches us that the cubit is an ancient unit of measurement that was used in that time, and the term is derived from the Latin word cubitum, meaning elbow. This shows us body parts were used to measure things, and we know that everyone's arms are different lengths, but scholars generally agree that it represents somewhere between 17 and 22 inches. The ancient Egyptian cubit is known to have been 21.888 inches. So, round that to 22, doing the math, if one cubit is 22 inches, 300 cubits long times 22 inches equals 6,600 inches long by 50 cubits wide times 22 inches equals 
1,100 inches wide by 30 cubits tall, put that into inches, 660 inches tall. Then someone who's not me crunches the numbers on that, dividing every sum by 12. 6,600 inches long divided by 12 is 550 feet long. 1,100 inches wide divided by 12 is 91.7 feet wide. And 660 inches tall divided by 12 is 55 feet tall. The dimensions we get from this aren't unreasonable. And we have an understanding that there were three levels or stories based off of Genesis 6.16 and lots of rooms, Genesis 6.14. However, it has been calculated that a little more than half, 54.75% to be specific, of the 2,773,925 cubic feet could store 125,000 sheep-sized animals, leaving over 1.5 million cubic feet of free space. I just said a lot of numbers. Basically, it can fit a ton of animals, okay? That's the gist. And the math and sources on that data also comes from gut questions. Now, in regard to that data, one scholar estimated that only about 15% of the animals on the ark would have been larger than a sheep. 15% would be larger than a sheep. That doesn't take into account the possibility that God may have brought Noah infant animals, which are typically smaller than adult animals. He also estimates there would have been 8,000 kinds or species of animals. And a leading systematic biologist named Ernest Mayar, Mar, maybe, when asked how many animals were present, gives the number 17,600. And he says, this allows for two of each species on the ark, plus seven of the few so-called clean animals for offerings, plus a reasonable increment for known extinct species. It's obvious that not more than, say, 50,000 animals were on the ark. But regardless, whether there were 16,000 or 25,000 kinds of animals, even with two of each and seven of some, scholars agree that there was plenty of room for all of the animals on the ark, plus food and water with room to spare. Mathematically, it works out. The animals could have fit. Nonetheless, Genesis 8 begins like this, verse 1. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. But God remembered Noah, but God. But God. That phrase had a certain weightiness as I read. How is this possible? How could all of these animals fit on the ark? How could Noah and his family have survived for that long? What would they have eaten? How, how, how? Oh, but God. Some of the best words in the Bible. By my estimate, this is the third time in the scriptures thus far, thus far into our reading, that we've come across this phrase in chapter 8, verse 1. The first two were in Genesis 3. Genesis 3, the woman speaking to the serpent but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. And in Genesis 3 verse 9, after Adam and Eve hid from God, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And now in Genesis 8, after all the sin, after all the consequences of sin entering the picture, now in Genesis 8, after the flood, Genesis 8 verse 1, but God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. 
And as we continue to read through the Bible, we'll see lots of but God moments, his miraculous intervention and protection. Take Jacob and Joseph, for example. Genesis 31. One verse says, Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times, but God did not permit him to harm me. Verse 24. But God came to Laban in a dream by night and said to him, Be careful and don't say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Or verse 29. It is in my power to do you harm, but the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. These but God moments, God's intervention saved Jacob from harm. Genesis 45, 8. So it is not you who sent me here, but God. We're talking about Joseph. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Genesis 50, 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. We see the phrase, but God, in the New Testament as a description of God as our only way to salvation. Mark 2, 7. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Or Luke 5, 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Ephesians 2, verses 3 through 5, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And we see the phrase, but God, showing us God as the power of the resurrection. Acts 10, 40, But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, Acts 13.30. But God raised him from the dead. When we look at the story of Noah's Ark in isolation or take it at face value, it can seem impossible. But our God is so much bigger and we can't forget it. But God remembered Noah. Yet for us, it's easy to forget. I know when it comes to our daily lives, it can be easy to forget just how big and powerful our God is. Maybe for you, it's a tough situation at work, a coworker who really just tests your patience, a disobedient child, finances, a conflict with your spouse, whatever situation you're facing, it may seem impossible or unavoidable, but our God is on the move. For me, I always doubt that he's moving at all. I want him to move faster. Yet we aren't guaranteed that he'll make things better or easier or simpler, but we do know his heart is for us and he's able. And he calls us to pray and invite him into our lives. So I'd encourage you, spend some time in prayer, reflecting on God's character and asking him to move in your life. Where do you need a but God moment? Where in your life do you need God to show up and do the impossible? Write it in a comment on jointhejourney.com or send a text to your community group and ask for prayer. That's all we've got time for today. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.